It's the laziest form of entertainment. Coming up in just a smidge, everyone. Greetings, salutations, and happy holidays, everybody. It's the Bitterness and Rage Show. I am Rob, your snowman of bitterness, your gingerbread house of rage. Happy, happy winter time solstice transitional holiday thing to be completely and utterly politically correct on this, the almost the tail end of the holiday season. Hope you guys had a great holiday. Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever it is that you celebrate, hope it was great. Hope whatever mythical figure you believe in at this time of year brought you just about everything that you could possibly want. So um, here's how you can reach me, speaking of getting everything you could possibly want, at Bitter and Rage on the Twitter machine. Bitternessandrage at gmail.com. You know how to reach me. Send me an email. Say happy holidays to me. And, of course, on iTunes. You can search out the show, The Bitterness and Rage Show, and subscribe, leave a nice comment, say all sorts of wonderful things about me. That should be your New Year's resolution, folks, to subscribe to The Bitterness and Rage Show. Okay, I mentioned um, at the beginning that it was the laziest form of entertainment coming up in a few minutes. That is the clip show. Every time a TV show runs out of ideas, for instance, or you get to the holiday season... For radio and television, they like to do a best of, a greatest hits. Here's some live entertainment from many moons ago, because everybody's out and on vacation. So we're going to play something for you that sounds live, but it was recorded many, many eons ago. So I've chosen today uh, to do sort of a half and half, if you will. I'm going to give you some half live stuff that's right now and such. And uh, the bulk of the show will be, because many of you, at least I imagine, many of you have been clamoring to relive the good times of my visit to Houston and the good, good folks at Yahoo Sports Radio uh, and YahooSportsRadio.com, of course. Uh, I did an appearance there in August, this past August, with John Granado and Sean Salisbury of the Prime Cut Duo, 4 to 7 Eastern Time um, on Yahoo Sports Radio. And I have the, uh, the recording of that appearance here for you in a few minutes. Um, it's going to be so half live and half... A replay the, of the appearance of the Bitterness and Rage show appearance in the entirety. Uh, so when you hear my real name mentioned, which I rarely ever use except for the first name Rob, don't panic. It's me. Don't worry. Uh, so you'll hear that. You'll enjoy it. And then coming back after the new year, we'll have uh, an all-live, all-new uh, Bitterness and Rage show. And there could be, coming out of the new year, a major, major announcement for all of you. Uh, with some major changes to the Bitterness and Rage show. Uh, no Dope of the Week, no QSR Spotlight. Uh, just a couple couple odds and ends from 2014. And, of course, I can't go five seconds without talking about the Redskins. And then we'll dive into my appearance in Yahoo Sports Radio. Um, yeah, uh, again, the Redskins, I can't go five seconds without talking about them. And I will... Um, what we're not going to do, though, is not going to have any of those cheesy, annoying, trite, hey, this is the best of 2014 never border. I hate that stuff. I'm not a list guy, not a countdown guy, unless it's something really, really entertaining. And most of those best ofs aren't. And you'll get enough of those. Um, and the other times when you're not listening to this podcast, which is rare, 
um, and you listen to other things on the TV or the radio, uh, they'll have plenty of lists for you at this time of year, but I'm not going to do that. Um, let me just start off with a couple odds and ends stories for you, and then Redskin Yak, and then we'll go through the mists of time, everybody, to my appearance in Houston, beautiful downtown Houston, Texas, at yahoosportsradio.com. Okay, um, here's a little trivia for you at this time of year, since it's still the holiday season. It is the holiday season until your dopey next-door neighbor decides in February or March to take down his or her Christmas lights. Uh, Jingle Bells. We all know that song. I will not be singing it here. Mm, I was just thinking, should I sing it? No. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way. Good thing it's not a musical podcast. Otherwise, I would have lost the billions of listeners and followers that I have worldwide. All right, Jingle Bells was, believe it or stuff it, the very first song. In addition to being a classic and timeless holiday favorite, it was the very first song to be recorded in outer space. Yeah, that's right, outer space. December 4th, uh, 1965, NASA launches Gemini 7, the Gemini space capsule, into space. On December 15th, another Gemini was sent into space on a collision course with the other Gemini, but not really. Uh, the Gemini 6 spacecraft sends out this particular uh, distress call, I guess. We have an object looking like a satellite going from north to south up in a polar orbit. This is the distress call. Or just the radio message back to Mission Control. He's in a very low trajectory traveling from north to south and has a very high climbing ratio. It looks like it might even be a very low... Looks like, and again, I'm reading verbatim. Looks like he might be going to a re-enter soon. Stand by one. You must let me try to pick up that thing. Now, according to a Boing Boing, that's a strange publication, Mission Control started to become nervous, but it was much to do about nothing. Gemini 6, remember there's two Gemini. Gemini 6 was playing a prank, which is about to become abundantly clear when the captain of Gemini 6 continues. He broke out a harmonica and set of six bells that he and his shipmate uh, had smuggled on board the ship. For the next 15 seconds, he treated Gemini 7, the other ship in orbit, uh, and Mission Control in Houston to his rendition of Jingle Bells. The object he claimed to have seen was Santa Claus, and thankfully for all involved, the pair on Gemini 7, the authorities back on Earth, appreciated the joke. Now, let me just say parenthetically to this story that when you're out in space, floating around, as David Bowie said, floating in a tin can far, far above the Earth, the last thing you want is for anybody to make any sort of jokes, even at holiday time, um, especially when the joke involves jingle bells and Santa Claus. But for all you trivia buffs out there, and it's perfect for this oh-so-cherished holiday season, uh, the first song ever played out in space was Jingle Bells. Uh, the second story I have before we dive headfirst into Redskins Circus, which is still in town for at least one more week. Uh, the best job in the world according to the Los Angeles Times, is an ice cream taster. A job which no one will be able to get, because they don't really have these anymore. Uh, but there is one still out there, named John Harrison, who works for Dryers, a Nestle-owned ice cream company headquartered in Oakland, California. Every day at 7.30, again, this is from the Los Angeles Times, uh, John Harrison arrives at work, gets out his spoon, then he begins tasting. He'll typically sample approximately 20 flavors each day, with each flavor hitting his mouth three times. One sample from the start of the batch, one from the middle, one from the end. He's checking for, quote, consistency, texture, and flavor, uh, according to Los Angeles Times, and the process to do so is surprisingly detailed. So John Harrison tells Cooking Light Magazine, this is the process he goes by. I taste with my eyes initially, so it doesn't look appetizing. Forget the rest of it. 
I say parenthetically, how does one taste with their eyes, and what does ice cream have to really look like for it to be bad? And does a professional ice cream taster really need to look at ice cream? Can't you and I look at ice cream and say, yeah, it doesn't look like ice cream? Uh, anyway, going on from the Cooking Light magazine article, then I let the ice cream temper about 10 to 12 degrees to maximize the flavor and get the full top note bouquet and aroma and to avoid what the young people call brain freeze. You know you're old when you refer to people younger than you as, quote, the young people. And it sounds like he's tasting wine, doesn't it? But it's ice cream. For tasting, continuing from, continuing from the Cooking Light magazine article, for tasting, I use a gold-plated spoon because wood and plastic have a slight resin aftertaste, and I need to avoid anything that could clog my taste buds. And here's the creepiest part of the article, I say. I swirl the ice cream around in my mouth to coat all the taste receptacles, and then I spit it out. Eesh. Suddenly I'm not so hungry for ice cream anymore. Um, so if the master says, now I'm back to Los Angeles Times article, if the master says the ice cream isn't up to his standards, then dryers donates the batch to local food banks. In 1998, um, for instance, this was the fate for, are you ready? A hundred thousand gallons of ice cream, which is a huge amount, uh, but only about a quarter percent of Dreyer's 40 million gallon output that year. Good gravy. So in 19, this is doing math quick, 16 plus years ago, they were putting out 40 million gallons a year. Who knows what that number is now? Um, okay, and then finally, and by the way, the reason you can't get this job is because John Harrison's great grandfather is the one that founded one of the co-founders of this particular company. So um, don't quit your day jobs. Don't drive out of college. Keep drinking Diet Coke, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, while Harrison does have a few assistants, uh, Dreyers believes Harrison's taste buds are special. Finishing up the article from the LA Times. Harrison, of course, protects them as well as anyone can. As he told the Columbia Dispatch, another paper, he eschews spicy food, peppers, and onions, and he neither drinks alcohol nor smokes. Nevertheless, in 1998, the company made sure it was protected. In case anything went wrong, Dreyers ensures Harrison's taste buds for a cool million dollars a year. You like what I did there? We're talking about ice cream, and I said a cool million dollars a year. All right, um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Redskins circus. I just want to point a couple things out about how fickle fans are and what short memories we have. Um, the Redskins beat the Eagles 27-24 last week. Uh, Griffin had his best game of the season. By most accounts, Jay Gruden... Um, redeemed himself for the poor coaching effort against the New York Giants the week before. And everybody was holding hands, arm in arm, singing Kumbaya. The Redskins are back. This team is going to the Super Bowl next year because our coach is great and our quarterback is great. And I wish all of Washington would just pump the brakes just a smidge. It was one decent game from the quarterback and a decently coached to well-coached game from Coach Jay Gruden. It's one game. Prior to this game, up until kickoff, most people were bashing the quarterback and bashing the coach, saying the two can't coexist, saying that going into next year, you got to find yourself another quarterback, even, God forbid, draft a quarterback in the 2015 draft, now that the Redskins love all their draft picks back and all this cap space, etc. It's one game. Can we be a little bit more pragmatic about what the future holds for the Redskins? And, and what the future holds is very simple. 
And it has nothing to do with how many draft picks you traded to get Robert Griffin. It has nothing to do with the length of the contract or the amount of money of Jay Gruden's contract. None of that stuff, if you're a real professional organization, and we know the jury is still out on that one, none of that stuff should matter when you're talking about personnel decisions and winning. No matter how much you spent or how many draft picks you gave up or the embarrassment factor, none of that matters. What you should do is very simple. You bring Gruden back, give him another year. See what he can do. You bring back Griffin, you bring back Cousins, maybe even Colt McCoy, but you don't say to any of them that you're the starter. They all come in at zero, all tied at zero. McCoy, Griffin, Cousins. Let them all duke it out for the starting job. No one is proclaimed the starter. No one is the chosen one. Just let them have an open and fair competition next year. And then the issue of the option for Griffin which I think by May 3rd, the Redskins have to decide, are we going to sign this guy for another year at $15, $16 million, or are we going to just decline the option, let him become a free agent at the end of his fourth year? And I say, what has he done to warrant $16 million? Whether he's improved or not, whether he may or may not get back to his 2012 form doesn't matter. The last couple years have not been $16 million worth of quarterbacking. Is he the worst? No. Is he getting better? Possibly. Can he still lead your team to great heights? Maybe. Make him earn it. If he is going to be your starter, and I'm not suggesting that that, that issue has been resolved unless Dan Snyder is the one calling the shots, which I think he probably is, but let the issue resolve itself on the field in training camp. Be that as it may, regardless of who the starter is, if he's going to be your starter or not, you don't t pick up the option. You let him prove it on the field. And if he has a hell of a 2012-like year, then you transition him or franchise him, and you work out a gigantic overpriced contract for him, which the Redskins lead the league in, giving out holiday gifts disguised as uh, contracts. And if he stinks... If it, he shows that the last three years, including next season, if he has another year like this year next year, then he says, well, look, the first season was a fluke in the last three years, and that's a solid sample size, three seasons or four seasons if you include the first one as rookie season. If he can't do it, then, you know, you cut bait with this guy. You cut ties, let him go somewhere else, and maybe he can resurrect his career. I'm no longer on this. He can resurrect his career anywhere. I'd actually like this team to make an intelligent, educated decision on this guy and give him enough time so nobody can say you ran him out of town, didn't give him enough time. I think four seasons is enough time. Let him compete for the starting job. Don't declare anything. Bring back your coach and see what happens. And the last thing I want to say is this about the coach. I hear a lot of chatter, a lot of yak from people who are probably much more qualified than I am to talk about this, saying that Coach Gruden his job is to work with his quarterback and his job is to make sure his quarterback can start and his job is to start him period and if he's not if griffin isn't getting it done it's the coach's fault and i say whoa 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 whether or not the guy's ever coached at the nfl level before and he's been a head coach just not in the nfl i think you hired him to make decisions about the abilities of the people playing on your team so maybe there's a reason why he doesn't want to play this guy. Maybe he has evaluated him. He sees him every day in practice, and he has since the beginning of training camp, so the last five or so months. He's certainly seen film on him 
over the last two years before he came to town, before Gruden came to town. So maybe he's already decided. Maybe he said, I can't work with this guy. And then whether he likes him or not makes no difference. Gruden wants to win. That record, that 4-11, and either 5-11 and or 4-12 and at season's end record, is not on Griffin's head. It's on Gruden's head. So maybe he wants to win. No coach is going to sit his best player, if he indeed is his best player, his best quarterback, just to make a statement. Because nobody remembers your statements long after you've been fired or retired or what have you. They're going to remember wins and losses. So maybe he's tried to work with this guy. No one ever says, I've tried to work with this guy. They just say, well, Gruden has to do better, and then it's all the coaching, and his job is to coach him up. Last time I checked, coaches make decisions on players all the time, whether they can cut the mustard, whether they're any good or not. So that's exactly what he's doing here. Maybe his dislike for him as a person may play a part of it, and he clearly doesn't like him as a quarterback, but... It's because he's a football coach, and his job his job is to decide who can play, who can't play in his system. Now, this is not supposed to be an indictment on RG3. Maybe with another year learning the offense and maybe rededicating himself to learning his craft, he comes out and he proves he's miles and miles ahead of whatever they bring out there to compete with him. Maybe he really is the 2012 Robert Griffin III. It just took a couple years to get through all the injuries. And remember, folks, he's still very brittle. No matter how skilled he is, he's still very brittle. So whatever happens next year, let's remember, the coaches, the players, even the owner, they want to win. So let's not have this overly protective attitude about Griffin that every bad decision in Griffin's mind, every negative decision about Griffin is fueled by animosity. Maybe it's fueled by a coach's desire to win because it's his name on the line. So whatever petty feelings he may have, still it's all about the wins and losses with coaches. So whatever happens, and it doesn't really matter at this point what happens in the next game against the Cowboys, the real proof will come in May 3rd when they decide to pick up the option and the training camp battles for the starting quarterback job. That will show us what direction this team is headed and who's doing what and for what motivations. All right, um, I'm bringing you now a uh, clip, the 20 minutes of Radio Gold of my appearance on Yahoo Sports Radio's Prime Cut show with John Granado, Sean Salisbury. I'm uh, bringing you this audio courtesy of Yahoo Sports Radio and yahoosportsradio.com. And um, there's no cheesy music or no mists of time music. Just sit back, feet up, and enjoy. This is Prime Cut. Prime Cut. On Yahoo Sports Radio. YahooSportsRadio.com. The QB, Sean Salisbury. And John Grinnell. For your drive home. Yahoo Sports Radio, Granado and Salisbury here with you. We put it out there a while ago as a station. Yahoo Media said, hey, who wants to be in our fantasy camp? Who wants to be on the radio? Who wants to do this thing for a living? And Robert Cooney stepped up and said, I do. And he is from Rockville, Maryland. And he flew down here to Houston to hang out with us, learn a little bit of the business. For a couple days, too. Get a, get a tape. And, Poss, this is something you've always wanted to do, huh? All my life. It's been a dream of mine. So you're a huge sports fan? Huge sports fan. Who are your teams? 
Uh, Redskins, if you're still allowed to say that on the air nationally. Uh, the Capitals. Orioles. Sorry, Dad. Um, my, who's dad? Who's my dad? dad. Your dad. Who's he like? Uh, he's a big Nationals fan. That's, Nationals been, that's fan. been the source of some uh, discontent uh. in the CUNY household, that there's an Oriole fan living you know, in close proximity to a Nationals fan. That's got to be difficult, I would imagine. It's a little mini civil. So we went to the, both parks when we were in Baltimore not long ago, and they were both awesome. They were both a lot of fun. Uh, I love that. I love Camden Yards was a bucket list. Yeah. Me. Camden Yards is, and yes, I'm very biased, hands down the best stadium uh, in the major leagues. And I have nothing against the Nationals. I hope the Nationals do well. They are the local team. But for most of my life, there was no baseball in Washington. I had the Orioles. And I can't just say a newer model has come along. Let me kick the old model to the curb. What, Jay, if you had a sport that you could talk about all day, every day, what would it be? Football. And just old for back, you your old school Redskins fan too. Growing up, the whole thing, all the way back. Still, uh, still remember with fondness, which seems like a zillion years ago, the uh, three Super Bowls. So favorite Redskin memory ever? Uh, I would have to be, uh, as most Redskin fans will attest, will have to be John Riggins breaking the touchdown run in the oh. first Super Bowl win over the Dolphins. Down More than the, one with the diesel horn in the background yeah. and the great, the great Frank Herzog calling the touchdown run. And our bonehead guy who disappeared, who does our prime cut of the day, which usually what John sucks, prime cut of the day, the song. Yeah, right. uh, Tim Burgess. When we mentioned John Riggins, you know Robert mentioned John Riggins. What does Burgess do? Yeah. He stands up and yells and screams because they can't win games on Saturdays, so they have to have good players. And Riggins is a University of Kansas guy. Yeah. That's all he's got to cheer about. Boring me. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what about uh, what about uh, Doug Williams? Oh, well, I mean, that game was incredible, too. I mean, I, I really, it's hard to say one Super Bowl was It's like, which than the child other. do you love more? Right. I mean, we had three different Super Bowl wins, three different quarterbacks. Who do you like? I yep. was in Minnesota for the Rippin. When Rip, as a matter of fact, a couple nights before the game, had dinner with him, and Did you? he had a different look in his eye, and I thought, he's ready for this, and goes and has, wins the MVP, and it was. Not a handsome a, man, but he's got a good looking daughter, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. And the Ripper's been, uh, well, she did, it's hard for me to say that, you know, she was. Neat, you know, just a little uh, bit, little a tiny little, little girl. You come out of the womb is a pacifier in her mouth when I knew Ripper. And now he goes on, wins the MVP, and has a great game. And the Redskins go on, and I was proud of him. Heck, he goes and wins the doggone golf tournament now. He won in Tahoe this yeah. year too. A, uh, so Rip's Rip's killing it. A Super Bowl ring makes you much more handsome <laughs> when you can just put <laughs> your hand like, on the bar like and flash you, we the call hardware. Him, we call him Chief. Now, Robert, why? Meaning Rip. What, tell us why you want to do this. Why? Why? Why this business? Well, and it, what you do now? You're a school teacher, correct? I'm a school teacher, and since as far back as I can remember, not to sound too cheesy, this is something I've always wanted to do. And once I discovered that you can actually make a living sitting here giving an opinion about sports, uh, it, it seemed like a, a natural fit. And I was telling people at the station that I sometimes run my classroom as though it was my own call-in radio show. It's almost like a practice ground for me. I love there's, that. There's a joke that I tell my students that none of them get, and they look at me like I'm just some incredible dope, which I am. When I ask them a question, I'll sit back and say, I'll just hang up and listen now. And they just look at me blankly. <laughs> no idea what I'm they talking about. And you know what? I don't care because the jokes are funny. <laughs> right. You like it. And it would, right. would be great if one of your students said, first-time caller, long-time right. listener. They said, Mr. Cuny, I'm a long-time listener, first-time <laughs> caller. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. One day. So... Uh, so let's ask you a couple of questions. I'm ready to be grilled. All right. Robert Griffin season last year. What, uh, 
how he do you do you have faith that he's going to turn this thing around? I hope so, and I, I have faith in the the new coaching staff. Um, I believe that uh, another year of seasoning, a new offense, maybe he takes better care of himself. Maybe he learns to get rid of the ball a little quicker. Um, I see nothing but better things. I don't know if they're good things. You, you really know and become an agnostic when it comes to the Redskins. As a longtime Redskins fan, you don't want to get too excited, too hyped up about anything. But I have a feeling that another year away from the injury, a new offense, they've improved the offensive line. I mean, they've given him some, a brand-new weapon in Deshaun Jackson. If the Redskins don't live up to expectations, I don't think we can pin this on Robert Griffin III, not this time. And we certainly can't pin it on Mike Shanahan because he's not with us. Uh, hey, Robert, but they'll find a way if I, things go wrong to say well, Mike, still Shanahan's it's Shanahan's fault. fault. Well, you know what? It's interesting, and, and even Robert Griffin III, who John and I are both fans of, but the, you know, the rabbit ears where he hears everything, still in press conferences and questions, he's answering, well, you know, Mike Shanahan. They're still getting digs at Shanahan. Is that town, and how do you t- well, tell me how you feel about Shanahan. Is there a stubbornness? That that city's ready to get rid of because of Mike, the, the 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 overwhelming micromanaging. Were they glad to get rid of him? I think there's there's a lot of hindsight is twenty twenty about Mike Shanahan. It feels like now that Shanahan is gone, but the other key players, Snyder of course, and Bruce Allen, and Robert Griffin the third. Now that those guys are still there, it's easy to say all this happened because of Shanahan. Right. I know Bruce Allen came out recently and said that, and I'm paraphrasing that putting. Putting Griffin out in the field was an embarrassment to football, and they were ashamed of doing that. He never should have played those first four games before the bye week. But living there and knowing the hype that a lot of it is created by Griffin himself, this insistence that he play, the forcing him to play, and Snyder wanted to play in this campaign, all in for week one. If Shanahan had gone to anyone and said, I'm not playing him, I know he would have gotten a few few angry looks. Oh, we'd we'd have killed him. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that some of it was Shanahan's fault. Uh, I think people are happy to be rid of him, but I think they're happy to be rid of him because now they can say, well, everything that happened in the past is all Shanahan's fault. It's a new day. So I, whatever happens with Gruden, I hope he has a fast start. Is, is, it, is it Shanahan's fault or is it Snyder's fault? I think in the drama that played out last year, you've got four people to blame. You've got Griffin himself. You've got Shanahan. You've got Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. And all, I don't think any of them, including Shanahan, have ever owned up to their role in what's happened. And now it's just we can finger point at the guy who's no longer wearing the burgundy and gold. Um, so that's who I think is it. Are expectations, it's, uh, expectations realistic, Robert, for the Redskins thinking they can win that division? It's going to be tough. I mean, looking at the same what the Philadelphia Eagles did last year, and they have another year under their belt uh, playing that same offense. I'm not so worried about the Cowboys. Their defense is incredibly porous. I don't know how many wins they're going to have with Romo's back. And the specter of Brandon Whedon coming in, I'm not sure much of a threat they are. The Giants pose a little bit of a threat. A new offensive coordinator or reinvigorated Eli Manning. But I think if they're going to do it, it's going to be tough. I don't think anyone is going to run away with the division. No. That's a it's ten, a mediocre, if you're frankly. Like, if you win 10 games, you win that division. Yeah, it's a mediocre I division. I think even nine games yeah. could possibly do it. Let me ask you this. Robert Cuny with us here on Yahoo Sports Radio, uh, potential uh, talk show host. Let me ask you this. How would you have handled the John Lackey-Nelson Cruz situation where Lackey was pissed because Cruz is hitting home runs off him and says, oh, you, oh, you guys forgot about all that steroid stuff? 
If, hey. I, if, if I'm Buck Showalter, how would I No, how it? would you handle it as a sports talk show host that's a fan of the Orioles? I believe that the way that Showalter did handle it by tacitly and, and subtly referring to the Red Sox and David Ortiz, as a, as a talk show host, just to fan some interest, um, I probably would have gone down that road to say that people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. But I think the bigger man, in this case, Cruz and Showalter, would just let the bats and the winds do the talking. So from the standpoint of what's entertaining and to get people calling and motivated and to get the Orioles out there, you can bring that up. But, but the real reaction should have been, I would have said, Nelson Cruz, you're better than that. You're letting your bat do the talking this year. Buck Showalter, I mean, he goes to bat for his team. He lays down for his team. He'll do whatever he can to defend his team. But sometimes being in first place and beating the pants off your opponent is enough. The two guys switching to baseball and the the Nationals and Bryce Harper homers today for the walk-off win. Um, It was Trout, Harper, Harper, Trout, Trout, Harper, Harper, Trout. How close are they now? They're miles apart. And... I'm not sure how much of that is oversized expectations because Harper had the misfortune of coming into the league at the same time Trout did. Harper's a good player. He has the potential to be a great player. I think he lacks some of the maturity that Trout does. If he gets his head around the game and decides maybe uh, I'm just going to put my head down and go to work every day and learn from guys like Adam LaRoche and learn from guys like Matt Williams who played the game the right way when he was with uh, the Diamondbacks and the Giants – then I think he can, I don't know if he'll ever be the player that Trout is. I mean, Trout's a pretty once-in-a-lifetime kind of player. And, you know, we hear that a lot about yeah. once-in-a-life. We hear that that's an overused phrase. I'm not so sure that's not true. I'm not so sure we've seen a guy. He's impressive. That not only has got, he's got white-collar talent with a blue-collar just trying to make a team work ethic. Right. And you never hear about him. I mean, never, I mean, you hear about him. You never hear from him. He rarely says anything. He's rarely flashy. I think Harper can learn a lot. Again, just from a maturity standpoint, from a talent, from a raw materials talent standpoint, Harper's got all the tools. But I think the maturity and, you know, coming into a, your first day off the disabled list and you say to your manager, I think we should have this lineup and that lineup and put Span on the bench, who, by the way, since then is the best player the Nationals have right now. I should be in center, Zimmerman and left. Let, let Matt Williams do his job. Right. You know, let your talent speak for itself. And you never hear Trout taunting anybody nope. or anything. Trout never makes a lineup card. Well, he leaves that to Sosha. Right. I think Harper, this, the injury certainly has affected his year big time. I think he's a better player yeah, than but he's but, shown. And I, do, I think he's really talented. I think the maturity. Yeah. Trout plays like he's been in the league 15 years. Yeah. Yep. Right. Can he stick around? How, how, how would you have handled, as difficult as it is to handle it today, Landon Donovan uh, announcing his retirement? Well, you're an idiot. You know that. <laughs> Don't answer that, Robert. Okay. Because nobody your, actually cares. What's your favorite Landon Donovan moment? Um, they're all tied for first. He's just so fabulous, so fluid on the pitch, right. you know, you, know, you know what my favorite is? Is the fact that his favorite. What if Robert says his favorite's his retirement? Okay. That would be terrible. Right. Why do you, what, what about his goal it? last night to beat um, Munich? That's my, that's my highlight. There you go. You know what else? Why don't you ask him? you want to ask him about uh, Serena Williams? How heavy do you think she'll be when she retires? <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on that You're one. You're an idiot. <laughs> 43. Uh, can you, I, I want to know. Are you guys okay. working? No, no, no. I want to know if it's easy for you to do this right here while these guys are in there screaming while Carlos Hyde runs 
and and gets the 49ers in field goal hey, range. Robert's making some points that are yeah. really, really good. You, and guys, you guys are, are in there jagging around. No, Carlos Hyde, rookie out of Ohio State, running good, vision, slow to the hole, fast through. Okay. What, 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 did, uh, what did Robert say about Bryce Harper? I don't know. That's what I thought. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know. It, it was, I, it was, too, I was too caught up in the game. Yeah. He, uh, in, in a Big Ten running back, making it big in the league. Coming up Correct. next, we'll have Robert, but we also have Curly Moe and Larry in the studio, and none of them are doing a damn thing. No, nothing. Nothing right here on Yahoo's. Push the fat button, you fat ass. This is Prime Cut. Prime Cut. On Cut. Yahoo Sports Radio. YahooSportsRadio.com. The QB, Sean Salisbury. And John Grenado. For your drive home. Sports Radio, this is the Rob Cuny Show, featuring Sean Salisbury and John Granado. Thanks for letting us in. Well, thank, you, thank you for thank joining you. me this evening. Thank you guys have been great. Thank you for, Who is for having us. What song is this? What the hell is this? Why do you have... It's Rob, the it's, Rob Cuny Show, and you got to have this crappy music. What is it? Who is this? You know it's Indiana. Oh. Like I said. The <laughs> University of Indiana this? fight song. The greatest fight song of all time. That is... The, 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 1920 called. They want their, their song back. And their leather helmets. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This, this is song terrible. Sucks. Of all time, that it's, is uh, that's, Annie, that's high your praise. This, this song is sucks. terrible. Your team sucks. Your university sucks. And your football team sucks. Okay? Don't take oh. it personally, though. Yeah, but don't worry about it. Mean nothing by your it. guys play your best games in your off-season camps when the high school recruits come in and then turn you down to go to somewhere better. <laughs> they can play basketball a little bit. A little bit. Oh. 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 A little bit. Oh. Oh. Not we'll anymore. see what happens this year. Yeah, a little bit. Oh. We'll see what happens this season. I can't wait to see this season. Okay, Robert. And great job, and we are better. Robert. The Robert Cuny Yeah, show. we're back with, uh, as, as his guests, Sean right. Solomon. Again, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, well, 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 glad thank you for having us. <laughs> well, there's got to be something that I can piss you off with and get in your crawl. All right, well. Is it the Redskins' name? Is it, there something that gets they did that you just want to explode out of your seat about? I will tell you, the Redskins' name issue is, is an annoying issue for this respect, and I don't want to come at it at, as saying that, I'm going to be insensitive. If the name is offensive to one to ten to hundred, we're very people, insensitive on this show. Do it right, you want. and that's yeah. and then I've picked up on that, and I appreciate that. But uh, if we can just temper the insensitivity just a smidge, it, it annoys me. the The issue annoys me because one, it's a complicated issue. It's yep. not as cut and dry as some other slurs, some other obscenities. But uh, granted, if it's offensive, it's offensive, and if if there's a movement and it ultimately ends up with the Redskins changing their name, I'm fine with it. What I don't want to see, what makes me the most nervous is, and and again, I, it, it's it's Homer time. Okay, welcome sure. to Homer City, and I'm the mayor. I love the burgundy and gold. I love the color scheme. I love the history behind it. I love the the logo, the whole bit. It's very unique. And yes, I, I'm knee deep in in hometown hysteria. I don't want to see them change the name to something stupid like the Washington Monuments. Let's have another team that's swaddled in red, white, and blue colors, stars and stripes. Nothing against the stars and stripes. We have three other teams that have that as their color scheme. want to see them keep their colors, keep their tradition. Maybe another name that is not offensive, that, that does uphold the Native American tradition. But what really irks me about all of this and I've seen this a lot in the last year or so, is people get all upset. It's like a roller coaster. People get really upset. They get way high up in the air upset about the name. And, and, and people get very pinched and angry, and there's furrowed brows and hand-wringing and teeth gnashing. And then it comes down. Then there's a lull, and no one's talking about it. 
And each time that happens, Snyder and the Redskins PR staff doing a just a wham, bam, slam, thank you job on the whole Redskins name, they come up with something well-intentioned, I'll be nice, well-intentioned that blows up in their face. They had the, the, Reds, the hashtag Redskins Pride campaign. They have this, this website about why it, the name honors Native Americans or Snyder comes out and says, I started this charity. And so what happens is when people are not talking about it, when the Redskins should just step away quietly and let the name issue simmer, they jump back in. They bring it to everyone's attention. So they bring it on themselves. Right, and say. then people say, you know what? I was, I, I was neutral about it. I had no feelings about it. Or I was okay with the name. But you know what? The more I think about it, thank you, Mr. Snyder, the more I think about it, the less I like the name. So if they would just zip it. Let it breathe. Just when, when there's that lull, when people aren't talking about it, you talk, about, talk about your other favorite subject, why you hate Mike Shanahan. Talk about how great Robert Griffin III is. Talk about what a disaster the, uh, the Kirk Cousins experiment is going to turn out to be. Talk about Rex Grossman. Talk about anything. But, but let that issue go because they keep bringing it up. More people say it's an issue with them. They keep it alive, and it won't go away. It's just annoying at this point. I wish they would just make up their mind. And, and they kind of had. I thought the, uh, Snyder and Goodell both said the name's not going to change, so lump it. Yep. Let's move on with our lives, and nobody's moving on with their life. So change it, don't change it. I personally feel like maybe the time is right to change it so we can stop having so much negative attention. But What, 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 would, it, what would be, I mean, quite frankly, it, they're the Redskins, and that's all there is to yeah, it. Why weren't right. we talking about this eight years ago? I mean, I mean, I, the, I mean I've heard this, this chatter before. But that's all it's been. Yeah. You know, a couple people here and there say the name's offensive. Well, well now because there's so much more social media, there's right. so many social more voices, so many but more uh, politically correct crap. There's so much more political correctness out there that it's just, I mean, if, you don't, if you're a senator and you don't comment on it, how, how god-awful it is, then you are but you're a racist. Bigot. You're yeah, a racist. No. Yeah. The, the worst part, though, is, is, is Senator Harry Reid has this campaign about changing the name, and that's fine. But then the Redskins, and this was, I think, their biggest blunder, they said, let Harry Reid know how you feel about Redskins pride. Let them know, let him know how you feel about the name. And all they did was open the door to a lot of mouth breathers, right? a lot of guys who are who, you know, hitching up their pants and saying, now I got my chance to say what a jerk, and I'm using the word jerk because we are in an FCC-licensed station, Harry Reid is. And it wasn't about Redskins pride. It was why but we, we hate Harry Reid and why people in Congress should find better things to do with their life. And negative. It's just a lot of negative energy. So this, this hashtag Redskins pride turned out to be hashtag anything but Redskins pride. Right. It was almost an embarrassment and an affront to Redskins fans who just kind of covered their faces and said, please make this go away as fast as possible. play football so we don't have to talk about that right. crap at right. least for six months. Well, until FedEx and, and the sponsors say no right. more. We're not paying you anymore. Yep. Yep. Right. And that, that, that ain't going money, away. Money that. talks. Money, and the name's going to walk. Who's going to yep. win the national championship in football this year? You got one favorite? In football? It's... Maryland. Maryland. I'll just say Maryland. All right. You caught, very good. You caught how, me off guard. Congratulations. You know, I, I wasn't going to let you answer it anyway because we didn't have it's, time. But it's not going to be Indiana. About. Yeah. Great to have the Rob. Good, it might be Indiana. Great stuff, Robert. Thank you very much. The Robert Cuny Show right here on Yahoo Sports Radio. You got a future, my man. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Great stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. All right. 
right, and we're back. That was some quality radio gold, wasn't it? So, happy holidays, everybody. I'm uh, about to sign off here for the rest of 2014. Enjoy the holiday season with the Bitterness family and the whole rage mishpocha. Um, again, that uh, previous clip was brought to you by the good folks and courtesy of Yahoo Sports Radio and yahoosportsradio.com. It was the Prime Cut Show. John Granado, Sean Salisbury. Uh, keep on listening, folks. Coming into 2015, we're going to have some, possibly some changes. I may have a major announcement coming back out of the 2014 year into the 2015 year. Going to keep it slightly secretive because that's what I do. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, again, at Bitter and Rage in your Twitter machines, follow me. Be a fan, be a friend. Bitternessandrage at gmail.com for all of your lovely emails and notes and faxes. Complaints, criticisms, suggestions, life stories, what have you. Um, and yeah, iTunes, everyone. Don't forget iTunes. Find the show, subscribe to it, leave a nice comment, a nice review. I have a couple, but I want more. I'm greedy for your subscriptions and for your follows and nice comments and so on and so forth. Uh, please remember, and don't ever forget, that the Bitterness and Rage show is... Uh, that was a good one. A Mia Soti Cologne production. And at this holiday time, my friends, I will see you on the other side, right?